Hey everyone, this is Chad Harms, the pastor of Creekside Bible Church. Thanks for taking some time to listen to our latest sermon, a sermon about being a living sacrifice, or in other words, a sermon about living the Christian life. It will play in just a minute, but before it does, I want to give you some exciting news. Our church is back to gathering in Wilsonville on Sundays. For about five months, we were using a church building in Oregon City for our services. Thank you, Hope International, for your generosity and hospitality. While it was a good place for us, we've really missed meeting in the city where our church has its home base and where most of our people are, and we are incredibly glad to be back. For the next few months, we'll be meeting at Meridian Creek Middle School. If you live in our area, we would love for you to join us. We will do our best to make sure it is a safe and impactful gathering. And whether you live near us or not, we hope that you'll join us in thanking God for his continuous provision throughout the last year. He has given us a place to record or meet for services every single week, and we are so grateful for that. Again, thank you for taking some time to listen to this sermon. I hope that it will help you to learn and live more fully for the glory of God. Well, today we finish up a series. It's Pentecost, by the way, the day we normally celebrate the beginning of the church. We'll do that next week as we move to 4 p.m. And uh, this series has run long, as you know, Living Sacrifice, because... Uh, basically because my, my brother-in-law, Matt, who preaches at our church, he he's, gets quarantined and uh, throws up on Saturday nights and always has to, to push back his sermons. And so uh, we, we have finally reached the conclusion of this, this series. But I think one of the things that's happened as we've gone through uh, living sacrifice is that, you know, more than any sermon I can remember, it, it kind of got it kind of got like split up, right? And so we started it and then we paused it and we had a guest speaker and, and then I was just making stuff up on Sunday, you know? And, and so it, it, I feel, you know, and I don't often feel this way, that maybe the weight of this topic and this section in the book of Romans has not, has not hit us as much as, as maybe other sermon series that we've done, because normally we're kind of driving home a single idea, a single issue for weeks on end. And this one just, you know, it got choppy on us all of a sudden. We kind of got out of the normal routine of things. And so I just want to say from the beginning, just, you know, this incredible call uh, that I'll read to you from Romans 12.1 in just a minute is to be a living sacrifice, which, which is to say, in a nutshell, uh, less powerfully maybe, let me say it to you, it's to fully devote our lives to Christ. That's what Christians are called to do. We are called, in Jesus' words, to pick up our cross daily and follow him. We are called to give every ounce of our being to Jesus. We are to live every minute of our lives for his glory. I mean, I don't want you to miss that. This is a, this is not like a, yeah, I'll think about it. This is a major calling upon our lives to live as a sacrifice, to be a living sacrifice. And, and here's, t- so, I mean, that's, that's so huge. And if you haven't felt a little bit like, wow, that's really weighty, that's, that's really important sounding, or here's the big one. If you haven't felt as we've preached through this section of Romans, that's really hard. And, and I don't know if I'm doing that. Like, where am I not doing that? If you haven't felt any of that, then, then today I want you just to begin to think about how, how big of a call this is. 
And today what we're going to see is the reason, the reason that we are to be a living sacrifice. And we talked about that at the beginning, and it's important to talk about it at the end. But here's what Paul is going to say to us. We live as a sacrifice because of the past work of Christ, the present work to be done, and the future work of God. And here's how it starts in Romans 13, 11. And do this, understanding the present time. Do what? Do what, you ask? Paul has said a lot of things in this section. I want to just give you a little bit. I mean, what are we to do? Love, submit to governing authorities, overcome evil with good, feed your enemy, don't take revenge, live at peace and harmony, associate with the outcasts of society, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, serve passionately using your God-given gifts. Paul has said all of this in this section, all of it is part of being a living sacrifice, and now Paul says do this, be a living sacrifice, and be a living sacrifice in part by doing all of these things that I've called you to do. Let me remind you, I've alluded to it, but let me read it. Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do this means be a living sacrifice, specifically with all that Paul has talked about in Romans 12, and 13. Now, if you were to go back, you would remember that, that Paul, at the beginning of this, he says, he says, therefore, and that therefore in Romans 12.1 is there because, because Paul is saying, in light of everything I've said in Romans 1 through 11, all of this stuff about the gospel, and if you haven't been with us, I mean, my, oh my, Paul has said so many things. Go back, read Romans, listen to my sermons. I mean, he just, he just starts at the beginning and in the kind of deepest, most theologically profound way that, that the world knows. He lays out basically the story of Jesus, the importance of Jesus. He lays out all that we have in Christ. He talks about how in Jesus we go from like purposeless to having a purpose. He, he talks about how we go from being dead to being alive. He talks about how we go from being in Adam, which is to say slaves to sin, to being in Christ where we are free from sin. He talks about how we go from being you know, enemies of God to being children of God. He talks about how we go from being empty to being filled by the Holy Spirit. He talks about how we go from not having a relationship with God to having this connection to God that, that, that transforms prayer so that the Holy Spirit is both guiding our prayers and then taking our prayers into heaven and Jesus is interceding at the right hand of the Father so that our prayers become meaningful even when we don't know really what we're doing. I mean, he has, he has laid it all out there for us. He's talked about the importance of Christ to the Jewish people. He's talked about how the law is no longer the thing that has mastery over us because we have become children of God. I mean, he's, he's poured it all out and he gets to the end of that and, and, he, and he begins a new section by saying, in, in light of all that, therefore, I want you to live as a sacrifice. I want you to live as a sacrifice. And, and when Paul comes back and he says, do this, we must remember that we do this. We live fully for Jesus because we understand that Jesus lived for us, and furthermore, he died for us. I mean, it's hard to see the word sacrifice in Scripture and, and not connect it to Jesus, right? And we know that Jesus was not only a living sacrifice, but he was, 
a true sacrifice. He died for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world, including yours and mine. And so Paul says to us at the beginning of this section, you live fully for Jesus because you understand that he he gave it all for you and you understand what you get out of it. Now, I would just say, if you if you don't feel like you're living for God, if there's areas of your life that you know, where you know you're not living for God, then the first thing I would say is consider, reflect on, read about, think more fully on and about the incredible work that Jesus did for you. Oftentimes we start by just trying to work harder, but we don't work our way into being a living sacrifice. I think we, we just are impacted by the incredible work that Jesus did and it compels us to be a living sacrifice. That's the story of my life. In fact, sometimes I find it hard to pastor uh, because, because I'm, I'm trying to help guide people and move them forward and all of these things. But in my own personal life, the, the thing that's just moved me forward is just these, in, these times in my life where Jesus has hit me with the incredible nature of the sacrifice that he made on my behalf. And then sin goes away, not all the way, but like I, it lessens in my life and I become more passionate and you know all these things that, that are struggles kind of get fixed in, in the light of Jesus' incredible grace and mercy and love. So we live as sacrifices because of the work that's been done by Christ. But, but I find so interesting, this single line right here, understanding the present time. Now, the present time, as we'll see in a minute, is connected to a future time, the coming of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that in full. But, but it's interesting that Paul doesn't just say the future time. He says the present time. And obviously, he lived at a different present time than we do. But it's such an interesting phrase and, and I pondered it and I may just be totally wrong. I may just like not even have the point here with present time. But, but like if you just look around, right? And you look at the present times in which we are living and the present times in which Paul were living when Rome was a disaster of a nation as far as morality is concerned and leadership is concerned. When you look around at the present time in any time in human history, it calls us, I think, to live more fully for Jesus. And one of the ways that it does this, one of the ways that it does this, is that if we just look around and we pay attention, we, like, we really pay attention to what's going on around us, we quickly find that nothing the world offers ever is satisfying to people. Right? Like we, we can, I mean, sometimes we feel like it will satisfy us, like more money, uh, you know, like... Uh, a, a new girlfriend, a nicer car, a better job. These things all feel satisfying, but we find that they're not. And, and you can just look around at your own present time and, and you can look at people and say, they have everything, but yet something is wrong in their lives. And to me, that calls us to be living sacrifices. Like why live for anything but Jesus when everything but Jesus falls woefully short of bringing me the hope and the joy and the peace that I so desperately desire in my life? But I also think living in light of the present times is compelling in a different sense. And, and, and it's this, the world needs people who are all in on Jesus. We're the only hope. 
And, and as long as we are half-heartedly, slightly kind of maybe living our lives for Jesus, while we are not living sacrifices, we're living, I talk about Jesus at church on Sundays, whatever that is, then we're not much hope for the world that is looking for hope. And so not only do we see like only Jesus will satisfy, but we see, man, the world, listen, if there's no other reason for you to live for Jesus than this, it should matter. Like the world needs you to be all in on Jesus if you're a Christian. They are looking, more than ever before, they are looking for hope. They are looking for, for stability. They are looking for somewhere to, to find joy in the midst of all of the turmoil. And if for no other reason, you should still say, you know what? That means that I should be fully devoted for, to Jesus just so people can see how great it really is. And then, you know, in this last year, like for me, when he says the present time, I'm like, Everything that we used to live for, everything that we thought mattered, really kind of just didn't that much, right? Besides Jesus. 